0: This
1: is Mission Control,
0: Houston. Ignition sequence start. I've been preparing for this all my life. Here's Porter on hard and taking him to school. What a great play by Jay Shante. K.J. Martin climbed Bobong Mountain. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal.
1: And you've seen tonight that we, we fought together, we stayed together, and it's about damn time, man. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What is up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, the best and only daily podcast covering your Houston Rockets. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. And if you enjoy what we do here at Locked on Rockets, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Apple, Spotify, Google, our brand new YouTube channel. Subscribe wherever you listen or watch the show. I would greatly appreciate it. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join myself and the Athletics Ali Kambejani each week live to get in on the action. Spotify Green Room, changing the way that we talk sports. Now joining us for a loaded episode to continue the debate of Evan Mobley versus Jalen Green to talk about some of the Rockets' most recent draft workouts, interviews, who we would like to see the Rockets take at number 23, 24, as well as is the fire re- or is the smoke going to lead to fire for Cade Cunningham and the Detroit Pistons? Dave Hardesty, founder of ClutchFans.net. How's it going, Dave? Good, Jackson. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited to have you back on the show. We're going to pretend like we didn't just encounter technical difficulties. Uh, look, I'm I'm, I, you know, I own up to my mistakes. So now that we've got things rolling properly oh, here, um, <laughs> we've got a lot of news to cover, Dave. And we're going to kind of uh, start. We're going to push the Evan Mobley, Jalen Green stuff to the middle. But I guess before we get there, I mean, are, are you exhausted of that debate yet? Or are you still kind of enjoying it?
0: I think I'm still kind of enjoying it, but I, I guess you could say there is a, a, an element of exhaustion because I don't, I don't know if there's any new factor that's going to push us one way or the other. Uh, I mean, to me, they're, they're both great prospects and we, and we can talk about that, but I, I, I'm comfortable with it being in the Rockets' hand to make that choice.
1: You know where I, you know where I vacillate the most, and you know is you know watch Devin Booker has a good game, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm leaning a little bit more Jalen Green, and then you know DeAndre Ayton has a big outing, or or uh, or uh, what's his uh, John Collins looks really good in a game, and I'm like, well, the big man isn't quite dead just yet, and mm-hmm. so I I vacillate back and forth, you know, based on these. Uh, these respective finals or uh, I should say conference finals performances. But let's go ahead and Dave dive into uh, this compiled list by a good friend of ours, Ben DuBose, the uh, editor for Rockets Wire, USA Today's Rockets Wire of 10 or so players who have all either interviewed or worked out for the Houston Rockets, a few of which we've actually spoken about on this very show already. But we're going to run through this list of names kind of rapid fire. And then if there's any of those names that we want to kind of discuss a little bit in more more so detail, we can do that. But uh, Trey Mann is a guy that we've discussed here. He's worked out for the Rockets. Uh, Keon Johnson's had an interview. Jared Butler interview. Delano Banton has had a workout. JT Thor has had a workout. Jalen Johnson has had an interview. Uh, Marquette's forward, Dawson Garcia, has had an interview. Marcus Bagley with an interview. Scotty Lewis has had a workout. Hillcrest prep forward, Kyrie Walker, has had a workout. And then Howard uh, center, McCurr Maker, has had an interview. So of the names on this list, I've kind of spoken a little bit here and there about Trey Mann. Uh, Trey Mann pretty excessively uh, covered him kind of head to toe. I think he'd be a great fit for the Rockets. JT Thor a little bit. Are there any names on that list that you're really intrigued by?
0: Well, uh, I think, he first of all, for sure, Trey Mann. Uh, I mean, I think he's a guy who the Rockets have a legitimate chance of drafting at 23. Uh, great shooter, so I love that aspect about him. I'm, I'm always going to be partial to shooters at this point, the way that the league is going. Uh, Keon Johnson, I, I don't anticipate that he would be available there at 23. I like him a lot athletically. He looks extremely gifted and hasn't been playing the game very long, so there's a, a lot of potential for him to grow Jalen Johnson is one of my home run picks. I would love to see him fall. I don't anticipate it. There have been some mocks where you know he's gone all the way to 23, and I would snatch him up in a heartbeat. Um, I would also consider moving up a little bit if they could. uh, You know, maybe into the the mid teens or or high teens if he does start to fall. So I think somebody out of some I've identified. I, I think a few home run picks. Uh, you know, a dozen or, or more. Uh, and if a few of those guys slip, I would love to see the Rockets. Uh, you know, either jump up and get them or hopefully falls right into their lap at 23.
1: I think that's that's kind of an interesting point of discussion that I actually haven't spent a lot of time on. So hopefully this is something that we can kind of maybe debate a little bit here is, you know, I'm still not 100% certain if it's necessarily the right move to, to necessarily package the 23rd and 24th overall picks to potentially move up because I haven't personally for me, I haven't identified a target that I think is truly worth, Giving up that second shot, right? At a at a prospect to pan out. Because the way that I kind of view these three draft picks is you got the number two overall, which is clear cut, going to be a bona fide, you know, star, right? Whether it's whether it's Evan Mobley, Jalen Green, whoever they take. Sorry for Jalen Suggs, we're just not talking about you. <laughs> sorry, buddy. Um, but you know, whoever they take at number two is going to work out more than likely, right? High percentage chance that that, that pick is going to be successful then you've got 23, 24. And to me, I think that with those back-to-back late first round picks, you can kind of go with one more like safe option. You know, a guy that you really feel comfortable in his skill set, kind of a higher floor of some, you know, compared to some of the other prospects. And then you get your one, like, all right, here's where we're going to risk it. We're really going to swing for the fences. Here's our grand slam type guy. And, I don't know if it's necessarily worth it to package those picks and move up. So is that where you're at? Is there a guy that you would totally say, you know what, if he's there at 15, 16, 17, trade the picks, move up, let's do it.
0: Uh, I think there are a handful of guys that I would. I mean, I, I, I don't anticipate they're going to be there. So I'm going to throw some names out that, you know, that I, I think a lot of people be like, well, sure, they're not going to fall that far. But Davion Mitchell is a guy I think I would love to, to move up to get. Um, you know, I mentioned Jalen Johnson Um I love Moses Moody in this draft. Uh, he's a guy. I, I like Zaire Williams. I think he has a chance to fall that far. And uh, I think he's a home run swing uh, as well. It, it really just depends. Uh, you know, I think there's a handful of guys that I would love to get, but I, you know, the Rockets have to balance uh, getting that solid floor versus the home run pit, uh, swing. And you would think the way, you know, where they are right now in their rebuilding program, they'd be taking all home run swings. But they did this, I believe it was in 2011, they, they went with Marcus Morris over Kawhi Leonard because they thought Leonard was a safer pick and Marcus Morris had sort of that, you know, Carmelo Anthony light uh, potential in him. Um, and so you never know, some of these guys that look like safer picks or, you know, role players, defensive role players could turn out to be uh, stars. So I think there's a few guys that I like mentioned, like I said, I mentioned a few of them. Um, and there's some guys that I don't really like that I do hope go ahead of the Rockets at 23. I'm not a big Josh Giddey fan, for example. So I think if somebody does slide out of that list, I I wouldn't mind at all seeing the Rockets try to trade up. I think they have enough first round picks. If they can get a guy they feel is a top eight rotation player, um, that would do it.
1: You definitely start looking at the the roster crunch and the fact that you, look you got 15 available slots um, for for an NBA roster. And at this point, if the Rockets take in these these three first round draft picks, plus they're already uh, you know stacked you know young core Christian Wood, Jay Sean Tate, Kevin Porter Jr., KJ Martin, those guys under contract. Conceivably, they're probably going to want to bring back Armani Brooks. You've got the veterans that are still under contract. I mean, you're getting really close to that. That maxed out fifteen man roster. That's not even factoring in the fact that they might have some th- some money to throw around this free agency class if they decide not to re up on Kelly Olenek. Uh, They have their MLE to work with. There's a lot going on there, so they might just not have the roster space to make it, you know, to make it feasible. But you mentioned briefly, and before we get to our 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 clash of titans debate between Evan Mobley, Jalen Green, because I'm actually not 100 sure which side of the aisle you lean on, but we'll get there in a second. Before we get there, you said that there were some other names that you're not super high on in the draft that you'd actually like to see go ahead of the Rockets picks. So you threw out Josh Giddy's name. What are some other ones there?
0: Well, um, I've gone back and forth on Sharif Cooper, for example. Uh, he looks like, you know, he's this Chris Paul style player, electric, very uh, fast, can't shoot a lick. So for me, I'd kind of like to see him go ahead of the Rockets at uh, 23. And uh, Jaden Springer as well. I, I don't know how much the Rockets – and I, I hate leaning on need, but I don't know how much they need a point guard right now. Um, I could see them drafting one. I just don't know if uh, either of those two are, are who they would go with. Um, let's see. Uh, again, another guy I'm back and forth on, but I'd like to see go ahead of the Rockets is Cam Thomas. He's He, to me, looks like a uh, – he could be a very good rotation player, but I think he's a six-man spark uh, offensive player type of player, Lou Williams, you know, Eric Gordon. And that's great. If you can get a guy like that, sure. That's great. But I just don't think that's, uh, you know, what the Rockets need would be right now. Um, I, I think I mentioned Giddy. He's the guy I'm absolutely for sure, uh, hoping goes ahead of the Rockets and I anticipate that he will. I just, you know, he looks and is built like Luka Doncic, but I, I, again, his shot is so poor and he's only 18, I believe 19 years old. So there's a lot of room for growth for him, but I would avoid, uh, Guys who just even at that age fund have fundamental issues with their shot, um, and I go another guy as well. I kind of hope goes ahead of the Rockets. I don't anticipate, um, or I don't think that he would necessarily be a great fit for, for the Rockets. And that's uh, if I'm pronouncing it right, Alperin, and Shengun. And I think you know, I think he will go ahead of the Rockets, but you know, you the Rockets pick at twenty three, but you never know. Um, So those are kind of some of the guys that I, uh, De'Ron Sharp, I I think it's a long shot as well that he goes ahead of the Rockets at 23, but that's a guy I would not mind at all seeing the Rockets or seeing him go ahead of the Rockets and somebody else that fits better uh, fall down.
1: Okay, all right. And you know what? I I have a follow-up on this because I think that a lot, you know, I keep, I keep hearing the word fit. And so I want to follow up on this conversation, but we're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at Spotify Green Room Because look, Spotify Green Room it's the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, insiders, and athletes in real time about your favorite team or sport. Every week, Ali Kambijani from The Athletic and I host a room called Locked on Rockets Film Room where we break down your favorite Rockets players Plays, Stephen Silas's offensive and defensive sets, all of that. So go download the app, follow me at JT Gatlin, follow AliCon at Rockets underscore insider to keep up with us, keep track of when we go live on there. It's the it's such an awesome app to be able to interact with us, ask us questions, learn more about the Houston Rockets, Spotify Green changing the way that we talk sports. And continuing on here at Locked On Rockets, chatting with Clutch Fans, Dave Hardesty. Now, Dave, you brought up some really saw so, you know solid points on on you know a lot of the different guys that we kind of ran through there that you'd like to see go ahead uh, of the, the those 23, 24 pick spots for the Houston Rockets. But I feel like a big part of some of the your commentary for each of those guys is was fit, right? Was you don't think the Rockets need a guy, they don't need a point guard, or you don't like the fit of this certain player. Whereas I think a lot of the common consensus especially regarding the nba draft right is you take the best player available so where is your where does your head lie or where, where's your mindset regarding best player available versus fit when it comes to the nba draft
0: yeah that does seem to contradict uh, a little bit my view because i do feel like it's best player available i, I just don't you know if, if the best player available is a center you've got three guys you're already grooming i just at, at some point there is a fit element um but it should be best player available for the Rockets at this point because it's all about assets and whether these guys all fit into a team uh, right now or not is kind of irrelevant. It's more about, you know, developing these players and then finding the right fit down the line when it really is time to, to step up when these guys start to develop. So um, I lean towards best player available. Um, but yes, I, I when I mentioned that they don't necessarily need a point guard. I think they would love to have a point guard, but I just, these particular guys, to me, I don't recognize enough upside to say that's what they should get. I'm looking at 23 and 24 of taking some, some swings for the fences. You may strike out, but, uh, you want to land, you know, if they can just land one home run out of those two, then that's well worth it.
1: Well, it's worth noting that I think, uh, ESPN's Jonathan Gavoni actually highlighted in, in his most recent you know, mock draft that he has the Rockets taking Jalen Green and number 2 overall which we're going to discuss that right now and then at 23 24 he has Trey Mann and I believe Zaire Williams uh at that 23 24 spot which hey I would be over the moon with those yep. picks um now Zaire Williams is a guy that I haven't watched enough tape on although I've noticed other people have been really high on him I believe yourself included right Yeah oh absolutely uh he, you know I mean
0: I'll talk a little bit about him but I, I you know he's got great height uh good wingspan he's a, a A very—he came in to Stanford as a highly touted prospect, but he just struggled. He got a little bit better as the year went along. I just—I recognize a lot of upside. I don't think it's a guy you roll out there, um, you know, this next season. But you know, you you groom him a little bit with the Vipers and develop him, and he's got upside to be a very, very good player.
1: I think that's a really great point too—is the fact that the Rockets don't necessarily need. You know all three of these draft picks that they bring in to suddenly be getting, you know, anywhere from you know 20 plus minutes a night, you know, from the opening tip of the season, they can send you know a couple projects down to the Vipers, have them spend some time down there, get real reps, get starters level minutes, very akin to what they did with Kevin Porter Jr. before bringing him into the fold and yeah. KJ Martin, who started with the Rockets, then went down to the Vipers and came back a completely different player. So, Good point. uh, Yeah, I I think that as from a developmental standpoint, sending some of these guys down to the Vipers might be a really, really smart move uh, at the start of this next season. But, Dave, let's let's go ahead and dive in. This (laughs) is the meat, right, for the next 30 days. (laughs) Evan Mobley, Jalen Green. I'm still on the Mobley Island, but I feel myself leaning closer and closer to Jalen Green every single day. Where are you currently at? And we'll just start with that.
0: You know, I will say this. I think, you know, if anyone tells me they want Jalen Green or, you know, they want, they want Evan Mobley, I understand both viewpoints. And I don't feel like you, you know, that it's a mistake necessarily. There's, there's two different ways to go. They're both great prospects. I lean towards Evan Mobley. Um, I think that he is a, an extremely unique big, and and I don't even, I shouldn't even call him a big. I think he's really a three, four who will absolutely play center. And I think that's, what um, the league has become. I mean, the Rockets played small ball because they needed skilled players out there. Evan Mobley is a guy that you would think, you know, he has all the skills of a small ball center and he has all the, you know, height and and length of a a true center. So I think that's what you want is a guy who can switch on other players, doesn't, you know, he's not just a shot blocker, rebounder, rim runner, you know, alley-oop target, uh, this is a guy who will have, in my opinion, will develop a range. He only shot 30% from three-point range uh, with USC This as a freshman. But I think his form and everything looks really good. Um, I think he will show uh, a three-point shot in the pros over the next couple of years. I think he's the prototypical center uh, for today's game and the way it's going. But you're right. It's extremely tough to pass on Jalen Green. I mean, you watch Jalen Green and you're thinking, this guy looks like – offensively, you know, the next Kobe. I mean, he looks like he's got that fire. He's uh, violently athletic. I mean, he's got sort of that Russ Westbrook type of, uh, you know, drive and dunk ability. Um, let me put it to this way. I, I lean towards Evan Mobley, but I guarantee the first year there's going to be buyer's remorse for anyone uh, in the, because, you know, we're going to go right into the summer league, and Jalen Green's going to throw down some dunks that everybody's going to be talking about, and, the, you know, Rocket fans are going to be like, what did we do? Um, so it's a tough choice. I mean, I would love to see the Rockets put, you know, together an asset package and try to acquire the third pick and take both of them. But that's, uh, that would be extremely difficult to do. But to answer your
1: question, I lean towards Mobley. So, and this is like, I think there's a little bit of kind of, I think there's a bit more like instant gratification with. Uh, Jalen Green than than there would be for Evan Moley because I think we have seen time and time again it takes a little bit longer for NBA bigs to kind of get up to speed. I think we're kind of seeing that with DeAndre Ayton this season and uh, credit to DeAndre Ayton and ex-Rockets favorite Chris Paul, um, who Chris Paul probably unlocked some of that for DeAndre Ayton, right? Really, kind of lighting a fire under him. We ha- we heard from Ayton post game uh, after one of the Suns' victories the other night. Uh, I believe it was the after the game four win uh, where they went up three one, where Ayton was discussing his relationship with Chris Paul and how he credits Chris Paul for you know him becoming the you know who he is now, like the player. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but basically giving him a lot of credit for really pushing him, lighting that fire under him. And I mean, Dion- You look at the, that draft class with DeAndre Ayton, Luka Doncic, and Trey Young. And Luka is still—I I, can't—I don't want to say far and away the best player. I mean, he is far and away the best player. But like. I think that's one of the drafts where you look at and like everybody won in that draft, right? Trey huh. is doing elite things with Atlanta. Deandre Ayton is the perfect fit next to Booker. And now Chris Paul in Phoenix, uh, really anchoring that team, uh, providing, you know, an absolute need on both sides of the floor for them. And I feel like this draft with the top guys, Cade, Jalen green, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs has a chance to be that same level of, we're going to look back in three, four years on these guys and think, Oh, Wow every single team won out of the top guys that they picked.
0: I would agree with that. I mean, I actually, I was talking with uh, David Weiner about this Bima thug on Twitter and, and uh, you know, we could look back at this draft in three, four years and Jalen Suggs is the best player out of the whole thing. You know, he could be like that guy who's just a floor general leader. And that's the way every draft is. You go back and look and, and you know, Johnny Flynn taking over Steph Curry. And, and you know, the, the draft is riddled with these type of things that, you know, on on draft day, that's the value and and the assessment that that teams make, and that's sort of the beauty of the draft. Also, is that's why I love it so much, is because nobody's trading Marvin Williams for Chris Paul, but Marvin Williams went ahead of Chris Paul in the draft, and and on draft day, is you know, if you truly put in the work and put in the analysis, and 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 the Rockets appear to have been making a, a heavy investment in draft analysis, um, you can find guys that you could not acquire. Any other way, um, or would I should say, would be very costly to acquire in a different way um, on draft day, and that's what's beautiful about it. You may swing and miss, but you may hit a home run and with something that didn't cost you very much. So, yeah. To to get back to your to your question, yes, this the the top four of this draft, and even maybe five and six. These guys uh, have a lot of potential, and I think they're going to be great players. That's why it was so critical, not just for the Rockets keep their pick. But any of those top four spots that, that they had landed in, if they were lucky enough to do so, would have been just perfect.
1: Coming up, I wanna kinda pick your brain on on Rafael stone a little bit and what we might think you know if there's any tells as to what the process might look like moving forward in this draft as well as discussing obviously there's a little bit of smoke coming out of detroit right now and whether or not the pistons actually take cade cunningham number one overall and we're gonna get there after a quick message from our friends over at built bar because look if you've never had a protein bar that you actually care about right it's always a chore You're like, oh, i gotta eat this protein bar no check out built bar the best thing about Built bar they're basically candy bars that are jam-packed with protein they've got so many amazing flavors to choose from you got coconut almond cherry raspberry salted caramel my personal favorite the coconut brownie chunk cannot go wrong with a single flavor on their menu Every single bar, low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. So go to BuiltBar.com and check it out right now to get 15% off your very next order. Use code LOCKED15. Again, that's LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com for 15% off your very next order. And another message from our friends over at betonline.ag because betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. We've got NBA playoffs in full swing. The, right, the finals are right around the corner. Baseball season going strong. You've also got NHL, UFC, MMA, you name it, they've got it over at betonline. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. It's time for your chance to get in on the action. You can do that using promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And final segment here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast, home for everything, Houston Rockets basketball. Chatting, of course, with Dave Hardesty, founder of Clutch Fans. Now, Dave, here's my thing: is this is kind of this is a really important milestone in New general manager Rafael Stone's career. Can we still do? We still call him new general manager? I feel like we. I feel like we're past that point now, right? Yeah, probably at this point now, it's just the general manager. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so <laughs> in general, but in general manager Rafael Stone's career as as the general manager of the Houston Rockets this is an important milestone because this is the, his first draft at the at the head of things, really with with a really important series of of picks to be made, right? With the with the number two overall, having a top prospect, having, you know, the number two overall in a stacked draft class. And I think that looking at what he's done in the past, I have a hard time. I don't know if maybe maybe you have some insight that I haven't quite, you know, culminated to yet or what and whatnot. But I have a hard time looking at some of his previous moves and trying to figure out what the Rockets are doing. Like even Jonathan Gavoni in his in his uh recent mock draft said that there's like talks amongst other teams that the Rockets are, you know, really feeling Jalen Green, which to me is almost code for like, okay, I have no idea what the Rockets are going to do, but other teams think they're going to do this. And I really can't pinpoint any like sense of like strategy or what direction we think we might, you know, Stone might go. Do you have any inkling of what might happen on draft night? (laughs) I wish I did. I
0: really do. I, you know, it's definitely different than what it was with Daryl Morey. I mean, Daryl and the Rockets, they kept, you know, they tried to keep it as much as they could under wraps, but they were very willing to talk to media. Um, You know, I don't know if that was necessarily good or bad, but I mean, it is great for for media uh, to be able to get stuff. And you saw so many Rocket rumors, leaks, woes, shams, all different kinds of stuff out there. And and you could actually pinpoint the stuff and look at it and say, okay, the Rockets put that out there and I know why they put it out there. It's for this reason. Um, Since. You know, Stone's been t- taking control. There really haven't been much that they've done. They, they I think, they did it one time when they kind of put out there that they they have deals in place to get a first-round pick for Victor Oladipo, and that really was, I guess, a bluff or something fell fell through. Um, but they, for the most part, have kept things really quiet, and I'm surprised by it because we've, you know, we're past uh, the week mark since the lottery results, and there really haven't been those rumors, and because. I, you know, the, the draft appears to start with the Rockets. As you mentioned, it's up in the air whether Cade does go number one. I, I think he will. But, but uh, you know, the, the draft appears to start with the Rockets on what they'll do, and we just don't quite know yet. Um, but like I said, I, I feel extremely confident because they have invested in so many scouts and guys with backgrounds in just analyzing the draft. And um, that that gets my optimism going.
1: Yeah, basically, and it's here's the thing: is uh, to this to, until this season, I haven't been super involved in what is you know known as draft Twitter, uh, mainly because the Rockets seemingly don't you know haven't been involved in the draft in the last you a know four time. or five years. Yeah, it's been a minute. Been um, <laughs> and so I haven't been super involved in there. But I, I looked at the other day, and apparently, what it looks like is uh, you know there was a big name, Cole Zwicker, was a guy who is now a, you know scout for the Rockets front office, who Step I guess in, was a yeah. big guy and you know in draft Twitter. There are a couple other names that were prominent in the draft Twitter space that now all work for the Houston Rockets front office. So I guess Rafael Stone did his homework and was like, you know, what, we're just going to take one of you and then you and then you and let's just house you all here for the Rockets. And so that instills a lot of confidence that they are doing their homework. They've you know put the right personnel in place uh, Chuck Hayes, another, you know, fan favorite Chuck Hayes, who's working closely with the front office, in the front office, trying to, you know, figure out what is going to be the best course of action for the Rockets moving forward. Now, you hit on it there briefly. So you feel like Detroit is going to take Kate?
0: I do. I'm, I'm hopeful that they think about this a little bit because then the decision for the Rockets is just an easy one. You know, I, I think the Rockets, you know, if they have that truly elite ball dominant player you got to go for it and i think Cade cunningham is that guy if if you know they went evan mobley or jalen green number one Cade cunningham and it's a no-brainer even though i would like mobley or green whoever you know didn't go number one um simply because that's your star that's the guy who's going to run the whole show jalen green kind of has that potential. He's not a, he's, he doesn't handle the ball extremely well. He's an explosive two guard um, and he has some playmaking ability, but it's not like you just hand the ball to Jalen green and, and the entire offense is just going to run uh, seamlessly. And on the same, on the same token, by the same token, I should say, is KPJ your guy? Is he your point guard? Is he the guy that's the ball dominant player that's going to facilitate and create He's a, to me, kind of a two guard who can do those things. And you're grooming him to be that, but that's sort of up in the air as well. So I would love it if they decide, you know what? uh, Killian Hayes is our point guard. We want Jalen Green or they want to get another big. They have a history, you know, since I think Weaver took over there of of picking up a big man. If that happens, you know, if I'm the Rockets, I'm just being quiet and, and doing that. But I think if they decide they want Green or Mobley, they're going to talk trade. And I think the Rockets are, are well positioned to do that as well. But right it's now, worth- I, I still lean towards them taking Cade.
1: And it's worth noting, right? And, and as we get closer to the draft, there might be more and more smoke coming out of Detroit that says, well, you know, Troy Weaver's really, right? He, he's a maverick. He's, you know, he doesn't conform to the normal sense of, you know, operations that other uh, front office executives might. And uh, he likes to go against the grain, all these different, you know, hit pieces coming out. And, you know, you're right. Maybe he does, you know, go against the grain a little bit. Go Jalen Green or even Evan Mobley. And you're right. That does make the the Rockets choice at number two very, very easy. But when you look at Detroit and moving forward and and, and how this affects the Rockets, I think you bring up an excellent point as far as uh, KPJ and what his fit for this Rockets team means. Because while I, I'm in agreement with with Jalen Green, I think that he is going to be a star. I think that he, you know, possesses so much insane talent But I think it definitely, you have to look at what KPJ's future for this franchise means. And I think that can, I think it's okay for that to play a little bit of a role in your decision. Because if you truly think that KPJ can be your, like, backcourt star, right? Your ball-dominant guard who's, you know, capable of 25 on any given night, 25 and 10, you know, orchestrating the offense a la a young James Harden, right? If that's your guy, then... I think it makes the decision almost easier to go Evan Mobley. And I know that got, that kind of pushes away and gets back into that argument that we had best player available versus fit. But I do think that's at least an argument worth considering, don't you? Yeah, no, I do. Um, it, it's, you know, I kind of just to say, hey,
0: let the chip, chips fall where they may. And I think, you know, you you're going to run with KPJ as that guy. But time will tell, and I, I I kind of look at the Rockets, and I, I I unlike OKC, who I don't know what their full plan is. I think the Rockets could look at their salaries on their on their cap, and look at um, you know their situation with owing OKC draft picks in, in 2024. And Nick could say, you know what, we are rebuilding for two years, and we plan on you know being in contention for the playoffs or better than that um, in 2023 24. So. To me, I think they can just say to themselves, you know, KPJ is our guy in that regard. I mean, granted, if Cade falls or, or if Cade is available, then you pounce. But, you know, t- to answer your question, yeah, I mean, unless, you know, like I said, Cade falls, you could say, take Evan Mobley and say, that's our guy. We're going to run him with KPJ and see how things go. And if KPJ is not the guy, you just let it play out as uh, the, the next couple of years unfold.
1: And it's worth noting one more, one more point here before we wrap things up, the whole, you know, Cade Cunningham potentially falling. I I think you're absolutely right. If the Pistons decide that they're not taking Cade number one, they're absolutely going to be picking up the phone and calling uh, Rafael Stone and the Rockets front office and saying, hey, all right, what does this trade down look like for us? And it's it's worth noting that the the pick that the Rockets own from the Detroit Pistons, that first round pick, is so heavily protected that the Pistons have no control over their first round pick. I think it's until like 2029 or something like that because of the protections on it. So they can't trade that first, they can't trade any other future first because of the protections on this one draft pick. So if there's a possible trade down opportunity, that is actually a really, really important chip to be able to put on the table if you're the Houston Rockets and say, all right, here's control of your draft pick back. Let's just do a clean swap. Now, is that enough in your mind? Or do you think the Rockets would need to ante up a little bit more to uh, to get their guy in Cade Cunningham?
0: I think it would take more. That's a great question because... um, you're right. That's a great ship that the Rockets have. Um, And you would hope that if they do stray away from Cade Cunningham there or want to go a different route, that it is absolutely about Mobley or green for them, because if they're not necessarily like in love with those top three or just willing to listen to the best offers. I mean, if OKC steps up to the table for a guy that is, you know, out of Oklahoma state that they know would electrify their fans and they have just, you know, a Santa-sized bag of, of first-round picks to offer up, then then the Rockets are out. So you really need those two chips to be what Detroit needs. Um, yeah, that's that's absolutely one uh, thing that you hope if that's what happens. That you know if they are wavering a little bit. The Rockets can step in with the idea of hey, you can take Green or Mobley here, and you you get that pick back and maybe an additional pick. And the same thing with uh, you know. People have talked about even trading up or not, she's not, excuse me, not trading up, but trading for the third pick. Um, That's, that's probably would be something that would cost you next year's pick outright unprotected. So um, there's a lot of options the Rockets have that they didn't have in previous years, simply because of the hardened trade for the most part and other little minor trades that they've made that have acquired first round picks. So they're in a great spot, whether it's, you know, one, three, or, or just moving up in general.
1: Speaking of uh, you mentioned OKC's plan moving forward, I think Sam Presley's plan is just to try and trot out five first round draft picks on the court one night. Uh, But that's just me. Uh, (laughs) Dave, (laughs) it's been a pleasure to talk Rockets basketball with you. Uh, Do us a favor. Let everybody know where to track you down at.
0: Uh, At Clutch Fans or uh, the website's clutchfans.net. And uh, yeah, that's where we are. Appreciate it.
1: If there's anybody that's following me and not following you, like I'd be entirely shocked. Um, But just Uh, in case, right, we got to get that out there. But it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thanks for having me, Jackson. All right, that is going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Rockets. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to the show, whether you watch it on YouTube, listen to it, Apple, Spotify, wherever. Subscribe, we would greatly appreciate it. But that is going to do it, as always. Thank you so much for listening, watching, tuning in, replying on social media. I greatly appreciate it. That's going to be it for today's episode. As always, looking forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.